Hi lifers, this is Heather Drew and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Today's episode 32 and this episode is called Finding Home Away from Home. So last week we talked about longing for home and what that is like. And if you missed that episode, I have to confess that this will make way less sense and probably mean less to you. So if you want to wait on this one, if you haven't heard last week's episode, episode 31, feel free to wait and listen to that one first. I would recommend that. So I actually, um, like I said in the last episode, I kind of want to continue this topic of home because I think it's pretty big and I think there's a lot of ground to cover and I think we can sort of do some more work on this and think about this a little bit differently and and go down some rabbit trails, I guess. So one listener emailed me after listening to last week's episode and asked this question, how do we live as if we're at home in this way that you describe but still live our lives with all of its ups and downs and distresses and not try to escape it, not skip our life, but live our life and live at home. Really good question. I actually responded to the person by saying, if you figure that out, I think you can quit your day job (laughs) because I think a lot of people will be uh, paying you for this answer. (laughs) So it's obviously, um, it's a big topic and I don't have the answers. I'm just going to, I mean, how could I, how could I have the answers to these questions? I can tell you what I've thought about. I I can tell you the processes I've been through thinking through these things. Um, but that's about it. That's what I have to offer you is thinking through these things, raising maybe more questions, but also giving, hopefully, a little bit of help to find a path of thinking about these things for yourself. So in continuing with this concept of home, uh, I, I met a person once who was talking to me about this concept of home and living what feels like away from home, living in a war zone, actually. And uh, living in a war zone and then having to live with the memories of those he loved who died. Uh, This is a person who told me his story in a different country once. So one of what he said I will never, I will never forget this. I don't know where, like, this is just where he had arrived at this point, but he said to me, we have to be ambassadors and ambassadors are people who live away from home in such a way that it's as if they are home. So ambassadors are people who live away from home as if they are home. So yeah, that's that's a loaded, beautiful statement, I think. So I think this is my next question for this episode is how can we be 
living like ambassadors? How can we be living away from home, you know, in the middle of what feels like this whirlwind, right? It's this constant weather. It's so funny. Like right now at my house, as I record this, there's a really uh, powerful rainstorm outside and it's windy. There's flash flooding. I got like an emergency alert on my phone saying there's flash flooding in the area. There's lightning that's going all the way to the ground. I mean, this is the kind of picture that is really useful visually and physically to remind me that it's life is full of distressing events and emotions and pain and loss and confusion and changes that we don't ask for. And how practically do we live, how do we practically live in the whirlwind and find home even there? Maybe even flourish. Not just find home, but like flourish. You know, at home, we kind of talked about this last week. When you're home, you're off duty. You know, there's this sense of calm and peace and release. There's sort of this... uh, lack of vigilance. That's the idea of home that we talked about. So I actually taught a course this weekend, a graduate level course, a summer elective at the school where I work, and it was called Beyond Talk Therapy. And we talked about how to integrate the mind, the body, and the spirit, soul, all that into counseling. And not just counseling, but just any kind of helping profession. How do you work with a whole person and deal with a whole person in your helping? Uh, so I'm a little drained, by the way. <laughs> like, poured myself out all weekend. So I, I'm doing my best here. <laughs> if, I, if I say some insane things, please do forgive me. I am super toasted. Like, my brain is offline slightly. So thanks for uh, dealing with my flat, flatter than usual affect, I guess. But uh, in this class, we talked about what it means to help someone make space for whatever's happening. So there is a very interesting program out there right now that's called MS MBSR mindfulness based stress reduction. So this man John Kabat-Zinn who started this program, I believe, he basically took a lot of acceptance and mindfulness related activities and therapies and evidence-based helping skills and applied them to people who have chronic pain or PTSD or anxiety, uh, severe anxiety disorders, things like that. And try basically tried to see if these practices would help people who have these chronic, uh, you know, distressful things happening to them. So, one of the highlights of this program, of this therapy, 
I guess, it's, I guess it's, I mean, it's a therapy, but it's also sort of a practice. It's like a lifestyle type thing. Uh, it's not a one and done thing. It's not like take this magic pill and then you'll be fine. It's literally a change of practice. It's, you know, I often say that living with chronic anything, you know, chronic, like PTSD is a really good example or chronic anxiety, acute anxiety or chronic pain. It's like living with what, you know, we know a lot of people who live with diabetes and you don't just live your life as if you don't have diabetes, otherwise you die and you become very, very ill. So I always tell people, think of it more like that. Think of anxiety and PTSD and chronic pain and um, even, you know, m pretty moderate depression and anxiety, all these things. It's almost like living with diabetes. You, you find ways of managing it. You don't live as if you do not have it. And you don't have this magic thing that just gets rid of it. It becomes uh, a thousand different choices. And that's how you live from then on. And that is very distressing. I acknowledge that. And that is very unideal. It's not what we want, right? It's not what we hope for. But there are ways of I guess here's the thing is I think it causes a lot of pain if we have something in our lives that we really can't change all that much except through slow and steady practice of healing, practices of healing. So I think it causes us more distress if we don't practice these things on a regular basis. If you don't brush your teeth one night, it's going to be gross, but like, or one day, you know, it's going to be gross, but you're not going to you know, lose your teeth that day. But if you make that a practice, you just stop brushing your teeth or you just decide to completely ignore your teeth, they're going to fall out. They're going to get holes in them and fall out. <laughs> so don't let your teeth fall out. And let's talk about practices that help us deal with the everyday whirlwinds. Okay. So um, feel free to look up mindfulness-based stress reduction, uh, the program itself, the strategies, the articles, the research out there. It's really, really interesting. Um, it's very supported by lots of uh, research and things. But you have to decide for yourself what you think about all this. But here, I'm just going to riff off of this for the sake of this episode. This is what this really asks of us is um there's something actually uh someone that a friend of mine told me that her therapist said uh an emotion only lasts about 30 or 60 seconds 30 to 60 seconds so the experience of an emotion only tends to last 30 to 60 seconds the narrative that is attached to that emotion however is what can torture us or give us life for days, right? Does that resonate for you? So say you lose something or you, you know, you have sort of an anxiety or you fear that someone's upset with you and that emotion, like that fear itself, just that feeling of fear, just the experience of, oh my gosh, what if this person doesn't like me? I feel fear. 
actually, you know what? I even attached a narrative just now. So without even that narrative, what if this person doesn't like me just by itself? I feel fear. That's only going to last about 30 seconds or so. But when you attach the narrative, what if this person doesn't like me? What if this person never likes me again? What if I've been a fool? What if all this time I was an, I was just a fool to believe that this person enjoyed me and enjoyed my company? Of course they don't. You know, all the, like you, oh my gosh. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Some For some of you, you're like closing your eyes and groaning right now. Uh, because you've felt this exact thing and you've attached this exact kind of narrative to this. So here's the thing. Why, why do we automatically go to these negative narratives? That's, I, that is an unsolvable question that I can't answer, except for that the world is a very dark place. However, <laughs> when you change the narrative the entire experience changes. And this isn't just like wishful thinking, but um, this even goes for complex trauma. And this is, I I always want you to be aware that um, when I'm talking about all of these things, I will automatically just default to the realization that I will always have sort of a special place in my heart for trauma and that I 100% know that it has sort of a different mode of healing. I get it. And so, you know, when I speak about these things, I'm highly aware that trauma is a category of its own in some capacity. But even with trauma, like even with trauma narratives, you know, flashbacks are replaying something that happened and there's a narrative attached to it. And if we can work through how those narratives are impacting us now and really work with someone who is caring and gives us the full experience of a different narrative, not just tells us a different narrative, but gives us the experience of a different narrative, over time, it's the difference between brushing your teeth and not brushing your teeth. Because this really is a time issue and you need to give it a lot of time. So that's my little caveat there. But this is a narrative issue. And we believe that, I did an episode on this actually a while back. I can't remember when, but I remember, um, it was on, I think it's, you know, it was one of those episodes I did on transformation. I forget which episode it was, but talked about, you know, how to welcome emotions that feel very unwelcomable that we typically sort of leave out in the cold because we just can't imagine accepting them or welcoming them. But then what is it like to have this moment where you actually invite in something? So, you know, we tell ourselves there are certain emotions that don't belong. Why do we tell ourselves this? One reason is because of our shadow self. One reason is, you know, this shadow self is uh, these parts of us, these emotions, these feelings, these thoughts that we uh, banish to the shadows because we believe that they will get us 
rejected by others or that they will lead to further trauma or further distress, right? But these emotions are just as normal and divine even, (laughs) dare I say, divine, divinely made and offered as joy is, as gratitude, as love, as, uh, you know, peace, uh, all different, you know, I'm like blanking on emotion words right now. <laughs> you have like a um, emotional vocabulary wheel in front of me right now. I mean, lots of brain blanks tonight. Um, but you get my point. You know, we often tell ourselves grief's bad. Or I shouldn't be grieving over this. I cannot, oh my gosh, I cannot even tell you how many times I have heard myself say or heard clients say or heard friends say, this happened and it's really hard, but it's really not that bad. It's really not that big of a deal. Like so many other people have it so much worse. I really wish we could remove this from our vocabulary. And not just our vocabulary, but our inner narratives. I really wish we could remove this because we're not, you know, there's times when we dwell on things too long. And okay, here, here's a confession. So because I am who I am, I am a four on the Enneagram. So if you know what the Enneagram is, it's a personality typal system, uh, ancient from, you know, many centuries ago. It's a really interesting tool that I will definitely do a podcast episode on. I just feel like it's one of those untouchables. It's like, you know, trying to pick your favorite song or something. (laughs) Like doing an episode on the Enneagram is a little intimidating because I love it so much and I want to do it justice and have a little perfectionism in me. But anyway, all that to say, I'm a four on the Enneagram. And one of the things about fours on the Enneagram, the type four on the Enneagram is that we are, uh, unbelievably aware of our emotions. We are painfully in tune with everything we feel. And we often, because that's true, because we're very emotional people and very in tune with our inner worlds, we often actually sort of cling to grief or find some strange sweetness in it because it feels very real. It like makes us feel sort of alive, like driving a car really fast or something. Some of you that does not make you feel alive. But Anyway, all that to say is that, you know, we have these, we all have different views of emotions like grief and fear and loneliness and confusion, and many of us banish them. However, what if we lived less out of this space where we, you know, embodied that grief and fear and loneliness, confusion, pain, all these things don't belong? Like what if we, I don't know what I just said. What if we decided that they do belong? What if we decided to live out of this sense of like, 
everything belongs. It all belongs. Joy belongs just as much as grief. Uh, my tears of sadness and loss and fear and missing a loved one is just as important, good, real, divinely made as, you know, like tears of joy and, you know, like a baby being born, you know, it's just, there's so much out there. Why do we call some good and some bad? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. So will you join me on this little journey of trying out everything belonging and I don't mean trauma (laughs) by the way um we can I trauma abuse is bad what we do with that is uh determines a lot of things and how we how we heal and find resiliency after trauma there's a, it's a road, it's a process, it's a journey of healing, but it's full of choices of allowing yourself to grieve, you know? It's full of choices that you don't really want to make because there's a part of you that thinks, I might actually die if I let this in. Like, this could kill me because it's so big. This distress and this fear and anxiety and panic is so big, I cannot handle it. I, I can't feel that again. But here's something that I have experienced and that I've seen a lot of people walk through. And again, r- research supports this very fully. Um, when you assign a narrative of, I can observe this and therefore I must be bigger than this. When you assign that kind of narrative to an emotion that's unpleasant for you, it really changes how you experience it. And when you, again, like when you just reassign the narrative, it changes a lot. This is why episode four, you know, I got to tell you, so I, I don't actually look at my statistics for my website, my, my podcast that often for who's listening to what and all that. But still to this day, for some reason, episode four is so popular. Episode three and episode four are so popular. And episode three is about, is called uh, something like the process of moving through. And instead of avoiding, like we, we experience, we let ourselves experience what we're feeling and we ride the wave. And then episode four is this episode where I talked about we are the mountain. Like this is our true identity. We are unshakable. And that all this weather, like, okay, wait, hold on. I'm going to try to put this microphone up to the rain. Hold on. Do you hear that? So that's the rain outside my window. Um, You can't hear the lightning. The lightning stopped, I think. But all this weather is passing it's not us. It's not our identity. It's not who we are. And we so often assign ourselves this narrative of like, I'm the weather whipping around. I am, this is me. These feelings are me, but they're not. Feelings are feelings and they are a part of you and thoughts are thoughts and they are a part of you and they're a crucial part of your existence. 
but even awareness, even intentional awareness of your thoughts and feelings. If you just like take a moment and closed your eyes the next time you felt a distressing thought or feeling and you named it and you said, this is fear. Here's what I'm afraid of. And you just sit in that and you breathe and you don't hold your breath. You breathe and you feel the earth beneath you. Remember we talked about this last week? Like I said, I would lay on the grass and just feel the earth beneath me. That's how to be an ambassador. That is how you remind yourself, I am the mountain. I am not this weather. It's how you find your home away from home. It's how you tap into home. You get like a home IV in your system, even when there's whipping winds and lightning. It's, it's a process. This is not overnight. This doesn't happen through sheer willpower. It happens through experience. It happens through practicing this very stuff. But the only thing that really enables this is the fact that we already are home. I really want to do, I'm going to do an episode soon. I think you're going to like. It's been brewing in me and I love it. And I just, it's so sweet to me. It's almost like this secret treasure that I'm going to share with you soon and I can't wait. But um, we already are home. That's the thing that I want to tell you today. And remember last week, we talked about this story of the lost son who comes back and the father says to the, you know, one of the sons, it's a long story. That's why you need to listen to episode 31 first. Um, if you've gotten this far into this episode, you surely have not listened to me, <laughs> which is fine. It's just funny. It doesn't, it does make me laugh. Um, but you know, this father, this loving father says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. It's kind of like, I love you and I don't care what you do. My love could not be less based on your behaviors. Do your behaviors matter? Yeah, because they form you in a lot of ways and they, and they, you know, they either take you toward or away from your values. But home means we're already loved no matter what we do. Home means we are the mountain, that we're grounded, and that even though everything around us changes, we still have home in us somewhere. We still have it at our core. So practices that involve remembering, practices that involve intentional awareness that feelings and thoughts shift and that we attach narratives to them and that we maybe can attach different narratives to them and that some narratives lead us toward home and some narratives lead us away from home and that we're going to not always get it right the first time or the second or the 10th time. And that's fine. It's great. That means you're human. Practice literally means repeat. It means repeat. It means do it again. <laughs> Practice means you don't do it once. You do it many, 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 many times. 
So here's my invitation to you this week. Next time distress comes, try on this narrative. I want you to name the thing that you're feeling. And I want you to just bring your awareness to any thoughts and feelings that come. And I want you to bring your awareness to how they come and how they go. And maybe you notice the gaps between when one leaves and another one comes, or are they just rapid fire? Just kind of noticing, drawing your awareness to it in a still place with your body. And then becoming aware intentionally of your breathing and that it all belongs and that you are you and God is God and that's never going to change and that this belongs and that you have space for it and the fact that you can be aware of this thing means that you are bigger than it it is part of you you are not part of it It is around you. You are not in it. And it will pass. And the narrative that you attach will, you will see what direction it leads you in and go easy on yourself if it didn't work out the way you thought. And remember to use your five senses and to ground yourself. Remind yourself when you're touching the ground. I'm touching the ground. I'm okay. Nothing bad's happening to me. It just feels like it. And breathe, my friends, because that's the gift we've been given. That's the, you know, breath is a great metaphor for all of this home business. If you think about it, the breath is kind of like home because the breath is the only thing that we do either without thinking about it or we can think about it. It's the only thing that we do where we can actually change it if we think about it. But if we don't think about it, it still happens. Isn't that interesting? So like a lot of times I'll say to my people to whom I'm teaching yoga or um, if I'm doing a a mindfulness practice or an awareness practice or something with students or clients, I'll say, okay, we're going to breathe on purpose because you're always breathing. But how often do you notice that you're breathing? So this is a great idea. To, this is a great metaphor for home, right? It's you're always home. You're always breathing. You're always home. There's always a bit of home there, right? There's always it's always accessible. And sometimes you're aware of it and sometimes you're not. Interesting thought, eh? Here's my blessing to you. May you find home and some kind of ambassador level of acceptance in the midst of distress and when home feels far away and the storm feels so much more real to you, may you find a stillness and an awareness that it's not the emotion, it's the story behind it that may be plaguing you and that may be scaring you and that you are going to be okay and you are going to survive this and You are stronger than you could possibly know. And you are way more powerful than you could possibly know. Thank you for always showing up 
it's dear to me that you show up because you don't have to and you do so thanks for showing up and thanks for listening to me today and i will return to you next week have a great week take great care Thank you.